world we know is gone. No Google, no Amazon.com, no email, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is the fourth episode. Surprised we got four out of out of us before this uh, TV show started, but I think it's awesome. We got some great stuff today. I'm here with John, Jim, and Jordan. The Triple J. I got the Triple J with me. The Triple J on Triple Ten. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, we are recording. Uh, Sunday night the tenth. You realize, guys, three weeks from right now, this TV show airs. That's awesome. I can't wait. I just can't wait. And after what I read today online about uh, New York Comic Con, I'm, I'm even more excited. And uh, our own John uh, Johnny M. He pulled some shenanigans. Did you did you pull some shenanigans, John? I pulled some shenanigans. I was at the New York Comic Con all weekend. It was awesome and wild. It was completely overcrowded, oversold, and the people were overzealous. And uh, as t- as things tend to be around here, um, so there was an image panel on Friday, which I got to go to, and Robert Kirkman was on that. He talked a little Walking Dead, but it was more of a writer's panel thing uh, where they talked about technique and and how they go about their business. But that was very cool. So that was good on Friday. But Sunday, today, was the killer. That was the AMC Walking Dead panel. Uh, And it was the last panel of the con. And I knew it was going to be crowded, and I knew there was going to be a problem getting into it. So I went to the panel that came on right before the Walking Dead, which was the M. Night Shyamalan panel. And I went to that about a half hour before it ended. And what happened was... You are dedicated, aren't you? (laughs) have to sit through Shamalama Ding Dong just to get in on the Walking Dead panel. He he actually, uh, as I was telling you guys off the air, it was an unbreakable panel. It was the 10-year anniversary of the movie Unbreakable. So it was a pretty cool panel. But I guess people started having the same idea as me, that they were going to go in to see M. Night about a half hour into his panel. And then that panel would end and you wouldn't move so that you'd already be in the IGN theater for the Walking Dead panel. So I'm about to try this, and this is at 1.15, and the Walking Dead panel is supposed to start at 2.15. And there's a uh, guy walking in in front of me, and security says, what are you here for? And he says, Walking Dead. And they say, you can't go in yet, we're going to form a line in a little while, and they turn him away. So then I walk up, and he says, what are you coming for? And I said, M. Night Shyamalan, right this way, sir. So I, I, <laughs> snuck, in, I snuck into M. Night Shyamalan, and I stayed for the end of the panel. And then when they announced that it was over, they began to escort everyone out of the IGN theater. And as they're opening the doors uh, to let people out, I'm seeing the crowd of people waiting to get in for Walking Dead. And, of course, I would now be on the end of that line. So I started to double back what row I was in, switch switch positions in the theater. I one time used the I left my coat at my seat trick. 
I ducked a little bit, and then when I started to see them let the Walking Dead people in, I hurried to the middle aisle and kind of blended in with that group, and I ended up about fifth row in the center for the Walking Dead panel. Okay, so how long was it, how many minutes went by between the filing out of M. Night people and the filing in of Walking Dead people? I would say that I had to keep that up for a solid 20 minutes. Oh my goodness. And the and the Walking Dead panel didn't even start until 3. So it was supposed to be 2.15, but they were having all of these crowd issues and... The IGN Theater, I don't Jim, you've been in the IGN Theater because of the Wonder Woman screening last year, right? Wasn't that in the big room? It was. Yeah, it's in the big room at the bottom, almost like kind of the basement of the Javits Center, not really, but it's lower than everything else. Right. And it's probably, I don't know, two and a half to three movie theaters size. Easily. It's really huge. It's like the kind of size of um um, like you know, when they, ha- I, I could see them doing like giant, like company-wide, you know, uh, corporate events there or something. I mean, it's a really big space. Yeah, yeah. So they had every seat packed, and there's also a balcony that runs the perimeter of the room. The balcony was standing room only. People were standing on the steps to the balcony to fit in, till they finally just said, "All right, that's it. Close the doors." Um, I felt bad. A lot of the people we were kind of hanging around with came too late and didn't end up getting in like Daryl and um, he was probably with some other people as well now did you have uh, did you have press credentials I had press credentials but it meant nothing okay because when we went to see the Wonder Woman premiere they had a whole section just cordoned off for people with press credentials yeah they had they had a section there it was like for staff and, and they really didn't um, at that point, I didn't. I didn't ask if I would have been stuck without a seat or a bad seat. I probably would have tried to inquire. But I ended up being about fifth row, and it was in a good shot of the speaker, so I was able to get good audio where I was, and I could see. And uh, so I was happy. So I didn't really inquire. Okay, John, let's go back to this twenty-minute gap. I'm having a hard time understanding how you got away with. I'm looking for my coat for twenty minutes. I. It wasn't. You have to understand, like, they're letting people out, so it's going from front to back. So I'm just, like, moving back, moving back, moving back. (laughs) But I'm just switching what row I'm sitting in. I'm not going into the aisle and leaving. (laughs) So then when it kind of all gets to the back – and meanwhile, this is a very dark place at this point. So I'm using the shadows and, uh, you know, very Spider-Man. This is where reading Daredevil has helped you out. Exactly. I'm in negative (laughs) space. I'm wearing black. You know, I'm hanging from the ceiling. You're like Batman up in the Arkham Asylum. So then I went – I pulled the, you know, the coat trick, which got me back up to the front row. And then I kind of wandered around and I sat for a while. And then when I'd see ushers coming, I switched rows really fast. Did you ever, ever like, drop down on all four and, like, crawl underneath chairs, you know? No, no, it didn't go that far. I was giggling (laughs) to myself. (laughs) And, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, it worked. So that was cool. That's awesome. And we're going to get to that audio in a little bit, but I think we have some more stuff that we want to talk about. I think this week, I noticed this week in the store on the email I got from a local comic store, um, the Walking Dead hardcover volume six is actually supposed to hit shelves this weekend. And that would contain, what, trades 11 and 12, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Sorry, the uh, the twelfth trade came out maybe two weeks ago or three. No more. It's been out longer than that. Actually. It's been out for like two months or so because I've right. had it for a while. So they're due for that sixth uh, hardcover. So that's cool. Yeah, I love those hardcovers. They're so nice. Well, uh, we celebrated National Zombie Day here in Pittsburgh uh, today, pretty pretty royally, by breaking our old uh, world record at the Zombie Walk downtown. That was pretty cool. Over four thousand people showed up dressed like zombies. Uh, at Point State Park, they raised a lot of money for the Pittsburgh Food Bank, and it was totally cool. And uh, George Romero was there, uh, live bands. I know one of my uh, line cooks was down there with the sign, you know, will work for brains, uh, wearing wearing one of the aprons he borrowed from uh, from work and a meat cleaver. So he said, posted some pictures on Facebook. Uh, so that's how we celebrated. And we had the uh, zombie brunch at uh, Zombie Geek Brunch today at Gypsy um, with the Zomblet and... Uh, Lots of other uh, cool things we did with the zombie brunch. So, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, Zombie Town, USA. We celebrated in style. It was uh, it was pretty fun. It's funny that you mention uh, the meat cleaver thing. <laughs> just to go back to the Comic Con real fast. You know, I'm standing on a line, and I'm ca- I'm just like doing a quick overview of the crowd and the people walking around and everything. And there's like thousands of people holding weapons and <laughs> swords and and, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, fake guns and everything that you would wear if you were cosplaying for a con. And I'm just thinking, like, what if one of these is real and the guy's nuts? You know, like, what if what if one of these anime characters just happens to be carrying a real samurai sword? Like, is anybody really checking? Not that I've given this any thought. In fact, I've never had this thought until you were just talking about it, John, so no need to call the police. Uh but that would be a place like if if you wanted to hide in plain sight and you were crazy, it would be like at a big convention like that. Right. You you know, Johnny, what you pulled this year got somebody uh, stabbed in the eye with a pen at uh, San Diego Comic Con. That's right. I was going to mention that because the guy was trying to uh, sit through one panel to see another one. Which is weird. I, you're allowed to do that at San Diego Comic Con, but not at New York Comic Con. No, they let you. Um, they let you do it all con, but not for Walking Dead. Oh, that's interesting. They made their yeah, own rules. because I, I guess it was the first event that had like a major line. So they decided like, listen, we got to let these people online in. Um, hmm. So and they didn't – I was at a couple of other panels and they announced like, you don't have to leave your seat. You know, please stay here if you're coming to – and they'd tell you what was up next. But they didn't do that at the end of M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so I, I think they were just kind of reacting to the uh, to the crowd that was gathering. So how about video game stuff? Don't we have some zombie-related video game news? We have some big zombie-related video game news. Um, most people out there are probably familiar with Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, the great games by Valve, um, the company that brings you Steam and Half-Life and Portal and tons and tons of other great stuff. Um, they... Recently, it was sometime in the spring, I want to say April, uh, released Steam for Mac, and they announced that, hey, we're porting over all of our video games. If you can play it on PC, you can play it on Mac, and they did that at launch with, I think, just Portal, and then quickly Half-Life 2, and I think Half-Life 1 as well. I'd have to double-check, but just this past week, they released Left 4 Dead 2. They haven't even done Left 4 Dead 1 yet, but Left 4 Dead 2 is currently playable on Mac. I've been playing it all weekend. It's great, Um, and they just released some new DLC, The Sacrifice. Uh, in which one of the characters from the first Left 4 Dead, um, you get to see how they died. 
and they had a big sale. I don't think it's going on anymore, but I got Left 4 Dead 2 for $6.79. So that was pretty awesome. Sweet. In other zombie video game related news. Left 4 Dead 2. Welcome to 2009, Jordan. <laughs> well, I, I had bought uh, Left 4 Dead the day it came out. But by the time Left 4 Dead 2 came out, I wasn't on PC anymore. So I didn't have a chance to play it till now. But it is pretty awesome. And it's running it, just fine on a Mac. So I was going to say, I think it's super sweet that Valve is like uh, making Steam available on Mac. And finally, Mac users have something to game, you know? And, and all for free. I didn't have to buy like all those other games I already had. I didn't have to buy them again. I can play, if I go to my parents' house, I can install Left 4 Dead 2 there for free. They are one of the coolest ca- uh, companies out there in terms of really supporting their fans and just doing awesome things. Their brand loyalty is through the roof. Not zombie related, but Valve uh, related. Have we heard anything, any news on like the next Left 4 Dead? I'm sorry, the next uh, Half Life? Uh, the next three, Portal? Well, Portal comes out in March, I believe. Portal 2. And it looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, Portal 2 is in March, uh, day and date on, uh, on download on, on Steam and uh, on desk. So. Yeah, PC, Mac, PC, uh, PS3. And I think Xbox. I, I don't think there's any any uh, Nintendo Wii counterpart, but I'm not sure about that. Um, Half-Life 2 Episode 3 and or Half-Life 3, nobody really knows yet. Um, I've heard rumors that they're just going to skip Episode 3 and go straight to Half-Life 3, which I would be fine with. But uh, it's been at this point about three years since Episode 2 came out. So I really want to play some more Half-Life. Yeah, um, that's a pretty awesome game. Oh, yeah, I love it. In... Other zombie-related video game news, Dead Rising 2 just came out, another zombie sequel. Um, just like the first game, you're playing in a mall, and the jaw of the game is, hey, anything you see around you, you can use as a weapon. And in Volume 2, you can combine things. So you can take a chainsaw and stick it on the end of a like a canoe oar, and then you know have some distance on it, or other things like that. So it's all combining things to make new and improved weapons. I haven't played either of the Dead Rising games, um, but they look really interesting. Has anybody here played him? I played the first one, and also I wanted to mention that if you want to kind of get an idea of what the Dead Rising 2 is all about on uh, Xbox Live and on uh, PlayStation Network, for uh, like five bucks, I think it is, you can download Dead Rising Case Zero, which is a almost like an elongated demo. It's, a, it's like five to six hours of gameplay. Um, it will totally give you an idea of what is going on in Dead Rising 2, whether you like the mechanics or the way it, uh, the, the way it plays. Personally, Dead Rising 1 I thought was a really great idea, but some of the game mechanics kind of bogged it down. And I've heard that some of the same game mechanics are in play uh, with the sequel as well. For instance, kind of a problematic save system, um, a time limit, and a lot of escort missions. So those are like three things I really hate. I've heard the escort <laughs> missions have been really improved, though, that the characters actually fight so. back. Um, but yes, escort missions and stealth missions and underwater missions, the trifecta of terrible game mechanics. <laughs> but uh, if you want to get a taste of Dead Rising 2, like I said, check out Dead Rising Case Zero on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network. It's getting an 80 uh, from Metacritic, which isn't bad. But uh, if, if you like Dead Rising 1, I, I definitely, from what I've heard on the video game podcasts, check out Dead Rising 2. And if you had problems with the same game mechanics of Dead Rising 1, they are still around. So... Caveat on tour. And on Left 4 Dead 2, I know I said that I got it on sale. I think that sale is done, but the normal price right now is just $19.99. And if you buy it on PC, you can play it on a Mac and vice versa. So it's an awesome, awesome uh, value there. And, and Jim, didn't you mention one other video game when we were off air? I don't remember what that was. 
Well, there's a new downloadable content for Red Dead Redemption. I don't know if you guys have played that game a lot. I know John, I think John had it, but it brings zombies to Red Dead Redemption. It's called Undead Nightmare. Uh, it's coming out in just a couple of weeks from Rockstar Games, and it's going to put a whole new complexion on Red Dead Redemption. Um, a storyline with Seth the Gravedigger extends to zombies and the undead uh, overrunning the Wild West. So it should be a really cool mix of game styles, and it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, before we get to the audio of the panel, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the clips that I saw. Uh, They showed us two six-minute clips of footage that has not been seen today at the the panel. And they were from episode two, interestingly enough. One thing I just wanted to mention was that Everything in the footage did not happen in the comic. So I thought that was very interesting. I thought it was an interesting choice is what I, is what I want to say. Um, it's almost like at Comic-Con you might want to show that you're being loyal to the books where they kind of flipped it and said that you don't know what's coming. Um, and it was actually pretty effective. I mean the clips went over really well. And um, they showed a bunch of the cast. That They picked a clip for the second choice that showed a lot of the cast so that everybody would kind of get a peek. Um, I would say that Glenn got the biggest ovation. Yeah, during the audio, they really talk about that, too, about how that, you know, they have the source material, which is the comic, but they're going to make little detours here right. and there. So it'll keep it interesting for people who already know the comic and people who don't. Yeah. And they, and they went out of their way to show some new faces a little bit, and a couple of the actors for uh, characters that are not in the book were also on the panel, which was nice. So they really mixed it up, I think, to, again, to go out of their way and just kind of say, you know, we're sticking to it, but we can take as many detours as we like. I think Frank said it as we can step off the path all we want because then we can just step back on the path. And hey, not to spoil what's in that footage, Johnny, but uh, what did you think of the overall tone and feel of it? Did it did it work for you? It it worked for me. It's kind of it's kind of surreal at first. Um, you know, we we spend so much time like looking over all of these uh, all this information, and we're so into the comic, and where the anticipation for this show has been so huge. Then when you're watching it. You know, it just feels weird at first. It, it's hard to explain the, the feeling that I got. Um, I was impressed by how it was shot. It seems to have a very claustrophobic, frantic kind of feel to it. Some of the shots are very tight. Um, they were so tight to Rick in one point. I won't get too much into what I saw, but it, it was so tight to him that it was almost first person. As he ran around and zombies kind of popped out all over the place. Um, and it, it, you know what, what was evident was comedy. They really – they showed a couple of really funny lines, especially by Glenn. So I think there's going to be that Kirkman kind of wit you know, mixed in with, uh, mixed in with the action and the, and the tension. And certainly – they again. They went out of their way to show some over-the-top violence. Do you think Glenn might be the new Hurley? <laughs> I I could definitely see Glenn having a, a cult following. Definitely. I think the concept of uh, 
throwing some comedy in here is really going to make the show uh, <clears throat> it's not going to be a comedy but I should use the words comic relief I suppose or attention a bit of attention break you know everybody likes to laugh you know when the tension is high it just kind of soothes things and and I, I have a feeling that I wouldn't be surprised if some people started watching this show and then stopped watching it because it was so intense and they were like on the edge of their seat for an hour you know I, I don't I know some people that would be like I don't need to sit there like and be so stressed out for an hour I'd rather go watch you know blossom or something like that so I think hey, the, it's a very special episode this week <clears throat> yes I think the the occasional comedy Seconds, comic relief yeah. the the occasional break in the tension will really help the viewer realize, oh gosh, I've been holding my breath for 10 minutes. I didn't realize that. So now I can relax a little bit and I'm, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, so the things, uh, one more time real quickly be before we run the audio from the panel. The things that stuck out to me were uh, the, the violence definitely, the comic relief, the fact that they showed a lot of footage that took a direction that the comic didn't go in. Uh, and finally, they gave you the feeling of the scope. You know, the I'll just give away one thing. The, the first shot I was shown in the clip was the zoom down to the tank. And it's way up above the buildings. And as they kind of come down towards that tank in the street, you can see, like, groups of zombies everywhere, you know, gathered over a body, gathered over... Uh, you know, of the fallen horse or all different kind of, you know, smoke everywhere, things on fire, really that big scope feel, which is something that they talk about in the panel as well. That, And we've been kind of saying that from the beginning, that it needs to have the scope, and I think it's going to. I thought there were a lot of really good moments in this audio that we're about to play. I mean, when uh, Darabon says he had to go back to prison, that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, when they all talk about what their favorite zombie movies are, they ask everyone on the panel what their favorite zombie films are. So that was really interesting. There's a lot of really good stuff in this audio. I'm just amazed that you know from the crowd you're able to get such good quality, John. You know, good on you, man. Yeah, I would like to thank M Night Shyamalan and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for helping me out on that one. So I'll just set it up a little bit. On Avatar: The Last Airbender available on Blu-ray. <laughs> yes, this will be. Um, immediately coming back from being shown the first clip. So the, the crowd's kind of roaring when we start this off. We're just coming back from the first clip, and then we'll get the introductions of Frank Darabont and Gail Ann Hurd and Robert Kirkman. And there'll be a portion in the middle where they tell you that they're going to go to another clip, and then I'm going to cut right to where we come back from that video clip. And uh, it's good at probably about 45 minutes of uh, you got the whole cast, Again, Gail Ann Hurd, Darabont, Kirkman, and you get uh, all the major stars. We're from Sarah Wayne Callies and uh, Stephen Yoon, who is uh, Glenn. And, of course, you'll have Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey DeMunn wasn't there, actually. He's Dale. And he got – what is Jeffrey DeMunn known for? Frank Darabont movies. Okay, because he got a, a major uh, – applause when they mentioned him and stuff. So that's, that's – Yeah, he was in Shawshank and The Green Mile. I can't remember if he was in The Mist as well, but he's he's a he character actor. He was in Hollywoodland, okay. Burn After Reading, The Majestic, Green Mile, Storm of the Century, 
He's uh, one of those files. character actors that you see and you immediately recognize his face. You're like, oh, that guy. Right. The Blob, The Hitcher, Warning Sign, Francis Ragtime, First Deadly Sin, Christmas Evil. Fun stuff. And, of course, Andrew Lincoln is there who plays Rick Grimes. And uh, Laurie Holden is Andrea. And, and one funny one, uh, John Bernthal is Shane. And uh, there's a funny moment here. Uh, with him because of the New York reaction to the character that he plays, and I'll I'll leave it at that and let you enjoy it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So here is the New York Comic Con 2010 Walking Dead AMC panel. Enjoy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me bring out some folks to talk to, shall we? Let's uh, bring out to the stage first the creator of The Walking Dead comic book, Robert Kirk. Next we've got a producer who loves turning comic books into film, and in this case TV, Gail Ann Hurd. Mr. Frank Darabin. Of, of other filmmakers who've done it and, and done it better, you know. 
But this feels very fresh to me because it's it's a it's a uh, it's a different way into the material. You know, to do this as a serialized thing, following this ensemble of marvelous characters uh, over a period of time, as long as they let us do it, uh, that gets me very excited. Okay. Well, piggybacking off of that quite, uh, answer, then, and, and this is for both Gail and, and Frank, you know, we, we've never seen zombies on TV, so was this a, a hard sell to AMC, or was it the contrary? I mean, they are known for edgy content. You know, what's great is that when you find the best home for something, you know right away. Uh, the very first phone call to the executives at AMC, I said, okay, you know, I know you've got Mad Men, got Breaking Bad, um, but uh, are you interested at all in doing, you know, maybe Zombies. serious <laughs> novel? Maybe The Walking Dead? They said, Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead? <laughs> phone and thought maybe that was a prank phone call. Maybe it actually reached somebody else, but but no, they were fans. And, and I, you know, you have to give them props for Fear Fest. You know, if you guys haven't watched AMC's Fear Fest programming, it is the best in genre and horror films leading up to Halloween, which is when we premiere. So they know Frank, so how different was the process for you, um, you know, working on on television? I don't want to say smaller scope because it feels still that clip alone shows this very cinematic feel to the series. Mm. We tried to go for that cinematic feel, you know. And I think that just to give a little shout out to the to the to the crew, our keys, our, our crew, our cast, everybody. I mean, everybody put so much effort into into making this as big as we could make it, you know? And there's some incredibly, it, it looks bigger than our budget, let me put it that way. There's some incredibly great uh, solution-oriented thinking that has gone into the making of this. Uh, and I, uh, consequently, I'm very proud of not just what we've done, but what everybody's done on the show. Um, was that a question? Was that an answer to that question? And Greg Nicotero. And Greg Nicotero. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely amazing work by Greg, as you can all see now. Yeah. yeah. So, so Robert, I, this is going to be an obvious um, answer, I'm sure. I love those. <laughs> How's it feel to see you know, your babies? It's horrible. <laughs> I almost teared up when Glenn showed up for the first time on that screen. It was just, it's, it's really kind of how you played it out in your head, or? No, I, it's it's working out better than I could have ever imagined. Um, just to see everything that Frank and Gail have put into this, and, and how the actors have done their work, and everybody on the crew, and Greg Nicotero, and uh, just to see the amount of support that AMC has put behind this show. Uh, I never could have expected things to go this well. I really couldn't, I, I, never in a million years could I have dreamed that it would have gotten to this level, honestly. Uh, he, he said something, not to kiss anybody's ass, but it, what he said is, is very apt. It's worth repeating. AMC has been so supportive. And in order to do the best work that we can, you need that venue. You need the people who are going to let you get out there and do your best work. Because all too often, it's the opposite case. So thank you to, to you fine folks. And we need all you to watch that.
So Frank, how, how close to the comic book series um, are you keeping this? Are you, do you have plans to kind of take it in your own direction? We're we're going in every spastic direction we can. We're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take as many detours as we feel like taking, uh, which is something that I I've, I've always uh, from our earliest conversations, Robin and I sort of agreed that if good ideas come up, let's not ignore them. Let's fold them into uh, the fabric uh, of this narrative. My idea has always been: we step off the path, we can always step back on it. Um, ultimately, the path that Kirkland has uh, provided us is a very good one, uh, and I intend to continue to follow it. But we're going to range out, you know, we're going to step off to the right or to the left as we go along and not uh, constrain ourselves. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises, uh, even for the most devoted fans of the comic book, uh, things that they're not expecting, which is great because it's going to keep us surprised and interested in making the show too i think oh yeah no well that clip i think is a testament to what the show is able to do because none of that is in the comic book you know that that escape from the tank mm -hmm. and the way he encounters glenn it's kind of happy i mean that kind of happens in the comic book but not in that way and that's very important to me because i want people to be watching the show and be just as thrilled as they are as they were the first time they read the comic book and you know i think you've done that really well and, and i think it shows in that clip just how faithful to the material you're going to be but also you're going to be adding stuff that i mean i could say it's going to almost make it cooler so i think it's really cool so so it sounds like then any any you know time you step off the path it's going to be more organic it's not like okay in episode four we're going to start telling our own story. It's, it's your inner weaving. It, it, it needs to be woven into the fabric of what Robert has, has, has the trail that he has blazed before us. It really needs to fairly and organically lay into that fabric. Otherwise, it's just a cool idea that doesn't fit. And in my line of work, you run into all kinds of cool ideas that don't fit. You discard them. So Robert, I actually understand you wrote an episode this season, correct? I wrote the fourth episode, yes I did. So what and was it's it? really good. These characters you created in a completely different medium. I it was really fun to go back and and you know, because a lot of these characters are dead in the comic book series. <laughs> so uh, it was a lot of fun to go back and spend some more time with them and uh, also get to learn how to work in a new medium. It was very uh, very thrilling for me to have to kind of find new ways of telling a story and, and work in a different way that I'm accustomed to. And uh, I'll be honest, I hope to do it again. So I mean, I, I had a good time with it. Great. And Gail, you, you mentioned uh, Greg uh, Nicotero earlier. I'm curious, uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about the look of the zombies and how your zombies are kind of differ from anything we've ever seen before? Well, from the from the very beginning, we we wanted to make sure that our zombies were a um, were a tribute, in essence, to the to the film that Frank and I and I know Robert love so much, which is uh, Night of the Living Dead. So we, we didn't want the Usain Bolt um, Super Sprinter Zombies. Um, and, um, and at the same time, it was really important that we get the makeup right. Um, and we did makeup tests from the very beginning. Um, and in fact, we chose our camera system based on what was perfect 
um, to do the, to to showcase the to showcase the zombies. And uh, and as it turns out, we're shooting on film. Um, <laughs> This is a zombie series. It should look like one, and um, and it should have that verisimilitude, and we should take it seriously, and we should do the best job we can. It's, you know, they're not a gimmick. They are. They are real. We had lunch with them. <laughs> that was always. And we weren't lunch, which was nice. So, what is uh, what is your favorite zombie movie? If you've got one. Me? Hands down, my favorite movie, and my favorite zombie movie is uh, Day of the Dead. I, mean, I like, I like the actor. Uh, I think it's uh, some of the best zombies. Uh, Greg, Greg Nicotero was actually uh, there for that, worked on that. Uh, he, plays, and, he plays one of the soldiers. Yeah, he's the guy that grows the pot. Yeah. <laughs> he's also the animated head that uh, is severed and uh, moving its mouth and stuff. But yeah, that one, that one's the, the nastiest, and I, I don't know, I really like that one. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, the one that started it all. I love hearing you say Day of the Dead because that usually gets dissed, and I think it's criminally underrated. I think it's an awesome picture. <laughs> and it's got that enclosed pressure cooker yeah. thing that I dig so much. Uh, so that would probably be oh, that would be way up there for me. But I got I got to go with the original, the best, the first and the best Night of the Living Dead. And it's just it's just the image of the you know the those dead people standing around the farmhouse waiting for a bus apparently it's just so pretty. It's pretty active. It's, it's, oh, it's really yeah. It's really and, and major props to uh, Shaun of the Dead also. <laughs> a little non Romero and, and 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 dead alive Peter Jackson. We could go on. I also love the Danny Boyle pictures, those are awesome. Yeah. But they're not really zombies, I know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I still love it. Yeah, we joked around uh, a few months back, uh, and I asked you, and I'm going to ask you again for the New York folks here, uh, would you say zombies are the new vampires? Zombies are better than vampires. <laughs> That's right. 
So Frank, I'm gonna ask It won't you. go any further than this room, right? <laughs> so Frank, is there a, a, a major storyline from the books that you're really eager to, to get your hands on? Can't wait. I can't wait to get to Vishon. Striding out of the wasteland with a samurai sword on <laughs> With a couple of zombies, armless zombies chained to her. Uh, I just, I can't wait to get there. It's like a spaghetti western slash samurai ultra cool black chick. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like the Pam Greer role, sort of, you know, it's like a 70s Pam Greer with zombies chained to her. I mean, what, what's not going like? So when do you think we'll be seeing that? Season seven, so tune in. If you like the show, make sure we get a few season pickups. <laughs> uh, Robert, how about you? Do you have uh, do you have a favorite character that you like to write for, and, and if you do, why? Uh, favorite character? Well, I, I like writing Rick, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can get my. Uh, I miss, which is something I'm really excited about the television show for. Like, I, I really, I hope that we get to see Axel again. Yes! Nice to see again. Uh, I honestly miss the governor, which is awful. But, uh, like I, I, I love, I love that this show exists so that we can get back to that and, and maybe see those those people again. Well, that's the that's the other thing I can't wait to get to the governor and Herschel. Yeah, it's just it's all great stuff. That is so. I mean, I go back to prison. Yeah. <laughs> he told me when I first talked to him, he was like, I don't really like this comic book, but it's got a prison in it, so I feel like I need to write You know, you bring up, that's a great story about the prison, and I had to put the book down for a little while when we got to that point, because it was just so intense, and, you know, how far is pushing, how far can you push the boundary on, on television? How far can we go? Farther than you think. Yeah. Uh, what we saw just now is nothing. There's way cooler stuff like in the show that just blows me away. So yeah, I think people are going to be really shocked with just the level of, you know, things that we'll be able to get away with. <laughs> there is no holding that. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the people at AMC are pushovers. We can really do whatever we want. Yeah, I've actually been, um, you know, there, there were times we were shooting things when I thought, okay, well, this will be, you know, we'll, we'll restore it on the DVD. Standards and Practices sends us the email going, oh, that looks really good. <laughs> the Standards and Practices emails that we get, I'm always just like, really? They're like, say that because the bosses are here. Standards of Practice is doing a fine job. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we were doing this as an, as an R-rated feature, I don't think there's anything we'd be doing differently. I, I certainly, directing the pilot, didn't have to compromise in a moment like that. And well, and look, you, you know, if you look at Breaking Bad, you can see where those, you know, and we're going to make them look like We all want to see it. How certain do you think you'll be making announcements soon about season two? 
Well, if everyone tunes sure. in and writes to AMC, <laughs> we need help. We need your help. Tell your friends. Tell your friends watch to watch. It live. Exactly. Watch it live. There you go. So, well, why don't we show them another clip then? I wish we could show you a head blowing up, but it's just people talking. There, I said it. We're going to show you a little bit more of the ensemble cast here, so. Yes, yes, these are the other, most of the other folks. Not everybody, but most of them. Frank, how'd you go about finding this great cast? With a lot of help. Uh, well, you know, certain cast members, um, you know, I, I, I do love to work with certain people again and again. And if the role is appropriate, the first people I call, you know, Jeff DeMunn didn't need to audition for this, you know. And for Dale. For Dale. Um, Lori Holden did not need to audition. But these were actors that I very much had in mind. But, you know, not every cast is a one-size-fits-all. We, we went through quite a, a long uh, and involved process with our casting uh, directors, Sharon Bialy uh, uh, and Sherry Thomas, um, who cast, who put together the uh, Breaking Bad cast. They were recommended to us by, by AMC, and they worked out brilliantly well, because they, you know, they started vetting all the actors, and they started bringing folks in, and, and in fact, they were the ones, if I, if unless I'm mistaken, they were the ones who suggested uh, Andy Lincoln for the role of Rick, um, which, at first glance, was, what, you mean the that really, that really cute British guy in Love Actually? I said, really? <laughs> I want Sam Shepard, and you're giving me that, that guy? And he was, turned out to be brilliant, of course. Um, so it, it really was not unlike any other given casting process um, in that sense. It was, it was a looking at a lot of folks and really trying to find the ensemble that worked the best, that was the best blend of things. And that felt closest to the characters that Robert have, has, uh, you know, has created. Well, why don't we bring them out? Yes. I was just going to say, and then once they once they passed the the, the test that we saw their auditions, um, the highlight for them is they got to come audition in Frank's garage. In my garage. <laughs> and Brennan Bernthal showed up with his pit bull. <laughs> When you invite someone to your garage, you're not going to come without protection. <laughs> That's true. All right, well, let's bring out the cast. Let's start first. He, he's a new character to the film. His name uh, in the film is, uh, I'm sorry, in the show is uh, Daryl Dixon. Mr. Norman Reedus. I'm not Norman, but he, he went to go potty. Oh. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Next up, uh, she plays uh, Andrea. Oh, no, there he is, there's Norman. <laughs> Fresh from the body. Okay, we got the order now. Are you ready All right, she plays Andrea in The Walking Dead, Lori Holden. Fans of the series know him as Shane. 
John Bernthal. Next, we have Lori herself, Sarah Lane Callies. And last but not least, Rick Grimes himself, Andrew Lake. It's a kind of extra, it's a dream part for me, this one, because he is an everyman. And the thing I loved about the part when I read, read the graphic novel was that um, he, I understood why you guys are so loyal to the book, because um, he reacts in a way that I would wish to react, I think, in those circumstances. Uh, and he's, uh, he's an honor to play.
like um, the, these two on the uh, right of me. It was a it was an absolute honor to be a part of this. Um, uh, this is a really, really special project. And uh, as I said in the last Comic Con, we worked really hard to do this uh, right for for you guys and um, your passion and um, your loyalty is quite amazing and wonderful. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. We're not going to do you wrong. fights against injustice and is very impassioned to help others. Uh, when the apocalypse happens, she's on a road trip with her little sister, uh, loses her family. And she's basically a gal that's just trying to keep it together and uh, protect her baby sister and, and trying to help the community as much as possible. She's just a gal trying to survive. And we'll get really good with guns. <laughs> Stephen Young, I play Glenn. Uh, you guys saw Glenn up there. Um, Glenn is kind of the, uh, he's the young guy of the group, kind of um, willing to do anything. Right now he doesn't have much to live for in terms of uh, immediate family, but he kind of finds it in this group and uh, he kind of grows up over the course of uh, time into a man. So, that was fun to watch. And I'm based, I play a guy named Daryl Dixon, who's half of a badass brother, ex-con team of a-holes, basically. <laughs> um, and I don't think I'm allowed to tell you anything <laughs> it's uh, it, it, actually my character um, uh, through the course of this sort of finds uh, his loyal where his loyalties lay and maybe they don't lay where he starts out. So that's pretty much all I can say. He makes one of the greatest entrances in the whole show. All right. Well, another question for the cast: uh, uh, After you landed the gig and you were going to be working on the series, uh, did you feel it was important to you know pick up the comic and read it and know? Where your characters were coming from, or, or would you rather, you know, did you want to address it fresh without any kind of preconceived knowledge? It's a good question because uh, obviously those of you guys who are here will know that the beginning, uh, you, you kind of view the world through Rick's eyes, and in the graphic novel, that's the same, the, the same kind of thing. So I read up to a point, and then I stopped reading because I thought actually it's going to be more useful to, <laughs> to discover it as we filmed. So, um, yeah, it kind of, I, I wanted to read on, I got to about 100 pages in and then I thought, I actually don't want to find out anything more about the epidemic, so um, I stopped. Yeah, you, you, you lose a body part? Do they shh, 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 No, She didn't mention which body part. <laughs> 
Anyone else pick up the, the comic or yeah? I, I picked up just the very first um, just the very first comic for a feel of it and I think I was back in the comic book store within an hour and a half and I sort of bought most of what he had. And I come to this, um, uh, with luck I managed to keep this from Frank until we'd signed the contract. I'd never seen a zombie movie and I'd never read a comic book. <laughs> uh, and I... What the hell are you doing? I, I, I asked myself the same question. And what's been amazing to me is I've actually become a legitimate fan of a show that I actually have to watch through my fingers. But I'm in love with it. I think this comic, I mean, I, I see it as literature. I think it's a great piece of literature. Build it up too much. If you liked War and Peace. Uh, Laura, you said you picked it up as well? Um, yeah, I, I read Compendium 1 um, uh, when, I, when I got the gig, and uh, but I, I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself like Andrew because what's so wonderful about The Walking Dead are the characters are so rich and textured and complicated, and we all go on such arcs that I think it's important not to get too ahead of ourselves and be, if you read too far in advance, you have that already in your head and we all have to start at the beginning, you know, the volume one, episode one, um, so our characters can really go on that journey. But I like Sarah, I mean, I, I read it, I couldn't put it down, I had nightmares, it was, I got to the governor and was like, oh my God, what the hell is this? <laughs> Fantastic, epic storytelling. I actually think, um, uh, I was actually a fan of this like way before I even knew it was going to be made. I, I remember I got a phone call from my friend Andy and he was like, hey dude, you got to pick this up. And it was like 2006, I just graduated college and I was like going to the bookstore and reading it. I couldn't put it down. I read the first two books. I, I, I didn't buy them. <laughs> but I enjoyed it a lot. I started buying after uh, that. I was poor. I was poor. I was a young actor. I understand. So, what was awesome coming at this from a fan point was like, like you want it as a fan to also be true, because you've grown up loving you. You love these books, and so when I was when I found out I was gonna be part of this, and I found out how we were going about it, I was so happy because. As a fan, not as someone that's part of this, I was really excited to see that we are doing it right. We are doing it absolutely right. We still haven't heard from John. John yeah, I just want to add, I, I don't think John, I don't think John has read the comic, so let's not say anything to him. <laughs> oh, I don't know how he feels about and, and yeah, and, and, I, and I want to hear this from Norton too. I'm kind of curious. This is a good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew the comic books from the artwork, but I never really got into the characters. I didn't realize that each character was such, each path that they're on is such a specific path. And each character in the comic book could be its own comic book, you know? So it's interesting to be on set, but I'm not in the comic book. So, um, you know, if I was in it, I would... If, yeah, apparently you might be. That would be dope, yeah. <laughs> Just draw me cool, that would be cool. Um, but, but if I was in the comic book now, I'd probably just...
just love to see when I die, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but it, yeah, I'm just, I'm, a happy, I'm really happy to be a part of this. I've never done anything like this, so I'm stoked. And I'm sorry I'm late, I just ran down the hallway to get here. So. <laughs> John? Yes. So, uh, you know, uh, Shane, Shane, um, I, I, I hadn't read it before, and, and uh, I, when I got the script, I had, I had never, um, I'd never read a script like that in my life, and um, it, it absolutely blew me away. And uh, after getting the job, I, I, um, I checked out the, the comic book, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and it, you know, the, the character ends, you know, and, and he, 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 he buys it. And, and you know, look, I, I think that um, I think that uh, he's a douche. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, good. You know, I, and, and I hope. Uh, I, I guess if if if, uh, if 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 we if I can be successful in this, it will be that. Uh, You'll be thinking that uh, pretty hard, and 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 you're pretty committed to that. And then I hope um, the next episode I might be able to change your mind a little bit. And uh, um, um, so I think that again, I mean, I think what's so awesome about uh, about the book is it, it provides a template for these unbelievable characters, and um, it, it excites the imagination. And it's our job to fill it in. And and. Uh, um, hopefully that's 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 what we did, and, and hopefully we'll uh, keep you guessing and surprise you week after week. You know. So my next question is for for Andrew and Sarah. You know, uh, Rick and Laurie's reunion in the series is, is uh, it's defining in that it's it's touching, uh, but at the same time it kind of sets him down a pretty challenging path. So I'm just curious, can you talk about you know what we might expect from your on screen relationship? <laughs> Well, you said, you said a great thing about a week ago when we were doing publicity in England, and you said that possibly it's the, the, the apocalypse can be the savior of their marriage. Do you know what I mean? This extraordinary incident actually galvanizes them. And I think that the, the journey, we've only barely scratched the surface. We, we've covered, what, four or five days story time since I wake up from the coma. So we, we've got a long, long way to go, but so far, I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary uh, scene when we actually played out the reunion, because it had actually been sort of three, three weeks I've been alone talking to a horse, you know, and I was, I was ready to meet somebody, you know, and, was, and, and it, but it was an, a very, very powerful kind of moment, and the satisfying thing, as people have touched upon, is it, this, this story is so rich with, ca with character, and we have space. It's not like a movie. It's not like we're sort of, we have to adhere to a two-hour kind of format where this is the action sequence, this is the scary bit. We've got time to, to go into so much nuance, and that's been a great honor working with all these amazing actors. This ensemble is the strongest ensemble of actors I've ever worked with, and the performances, the camera, just turns onto a character that hasn't spoken for three days, and they break your heart. I mean, it is—it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to, to, to be working on this. And it's—you know—she's she, just amazing. She's kind of strong. She takes my breath away. One moment she—you know—she cuts me down to the quick, 
and then the, the next minute she's breaking my heart. It's, it's, it's a marriage as well, and it really does feel like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my wife, if you can hear me now. It's been a, a good marriage at times, but it, you know, there is an apocalypse going on. So. <laughs> not dig quite so far yeah. into that one. Um, I do think, you know, shooting the scene, the reunion between between Rick and Laurie, what I've found is I look up and I see him and I assume he's a walker. I mean, this is, the, the first emotion that I remember going through my head was horror, because he couldn't possibly be alive. We've been seeing the dead come back and back and back. And, you know, the next 12 emotions are, are, are <laughs> no less intense, and I think what this, I think the apocalypse does save Rick and Laurie's marriage in a way, so far, and I think what I see in this man is a level of heroism that I've known him all my life, and I've never seen the strength and the beauty and the passion and the courage and the bravery in him, and, and within the same breath, there are things about him now that are, are gone and dead and chill me to the bone, and we have to get to know one another all over again without time to sit down and get to know one another all over again. And in the midst of this, we're desperately trying to keep this boy alive and, and not, just, not just physically alive, but retain enough of his essence to be a child and, and to, to grow up without growing up into someone who's jaded by the time he's 13. There's so much to play there. It's just, it's, it's thrilling, but it's, it's as ugly as it is beautiful, I think. Lori, I'm going to ask you a, a relationship question, too. Uh, because Andrea and Dale's relationship is really uh, the heart, brings a heart to this kind of, you know, amidst tragedy story. So can you also address, you know, how your, your relationship with, the, your character's relationship with Dale is going to be addressed this week? How can you address? Yeah. And where um, they're going to go. The Dale Andrea relationship uh, is very unique, and I think that it's going to unfold very subtly. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I am so lucky that Jeff DeMunn is playing Dale because he is the yummiest, loveliest man ever. Uh, he. I, just being in a scene, I mean, I'm sure every single person at this table could do a commercial for Jeff DeMond because he's such a fantastic person um, and actor. Um, but, you know, it's the end of the world and, um, <laughs> and Andrea goes through a lot and loses a lot and I think that this man um, shows her a kindness and um, a, a love that she's she's never known and he becomes family and he becomes her heart so you know it is may december it's i mean that's that's obvious but um but it's um it's really about the heart it's real it's the real deal it's real love man i am insanely jealous after listening to that that is just i can't believe i still can't believe you 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 ditched the man for 20 minutes to get in there i think that's awesome <laughs> It was totally worth it. Uh, I was telling Jordan before we started recording that it was kind of like the, the con didn't start till 10. You know, it's an hour trip for me on the train to get in. I had to be at 
the IGN theater an hour, you know, at one o'clock to get ready for the two fifteen to make sure I got in. It didn't start till three. The con was kind of over when I got out. So it totally delivered though. I would have been disappointed if I didn't get everything out of it that I wanted. So happy I got some audio to have on our show and got to see the clips and everything and it totally made it worth it. And I went home on the train uh, with a smile on my face. So it was good. That about wraps up episode four of uh, Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, it's uh, walkingdeadtv.com. Uh, email at comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Um, please check out our brother podcast, Half Hour Wasted, on Mondays and The Legion of Dudes on Thursdays. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I don't WD know. WDTV podcast at WDTV podcast for the Walking Dead Twitter. Johnny, I want to save. Check out Speak of the Devil, too, if you like Daredevil. Uh, we have a really cool Jason Henderson interview coming up. He is writing a Shadowland tie-in, Daughters of the Shadow, which is the Colleen Wing Shadowland tie-in. Uh, and he's incorporated lots of cool kind of uh, Asian kung fu anime chicks into his book. And it's really been a lot of fun. So check that out if you'd like to hear that interview as well. And don't forget to check out Forum for Geeks if you want to discuss Walking Dead, Half Hour Wasted, Legion of Dudes, Speak of the Devil, about 20 or so other podcasts. If you want to talk about New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, video games, movies, music, uh, pretty much anything we've talked about on this podcast or any other podcast, um, yeah, you can talk about it there. And that's where you're going to find the Walking Dead Podcast Network. That's us and now three other podcasts. We've got uh, The Talking Dead, The Walking Dead Cast, and brand new Zombie Drill Podcasts. All great stuff. You want to check them out. All the discussion, all the links, all in one place. Forumforgeeks.com, The Walking Dead Podcast Network. All right, cool. Well, like Jim said, that about wraps up this episode. Um, three weeks from now is the premiere, so I imagine we'll get one more episode in before then. I think we need to do one more episode. Not 100% sure what we'll talk about, but I think we all have some ideas. Uh, in the meantime, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave us, uh, leave us a, a review, and uh, we'd be happy to read the positive ones on the air. Maybe we should read the negative ones too, just so we can learn, learn from it and grow. What do you think? Yeah, we'll just do it in funny voices. I think that's a great idea, and you know what? I have a new five-star review to read. We actually have two five-star reviews uh, to read, so we're going to do that right now. The first is from Jay Kosoda. With the TV series fast approaching and being caught up on the comics so far, I constantly scour the internets for The Walking Dead material. I really enjoy the volume overviews and hope to hear more as time goes on as I haven't been able to find another podcast out there that does a full discussion on the comics. Keep up the good work. Subscribed, I have. Mm, Thank impressive you very much, Jay Kosoda. And from Glamalino. Interesting and informative. These guys are obviously comic book and Walking Dead fans. They're knowledgeable, interesting. Uh, I also love their interviews with big names, such as Bear McCreary and even Robert Kirkman himself. Did you write this, Jordan? I did not, but I could have. <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice if you're a fan of the comic or the series and you're not listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. So thank you very much for those two five-star reviews. Keep them coming. 
we're trying to get ourselves on one of the front pages of iTunes and and really get this thing going. So thanks a lot. So are we are we going to read four star reviews also? We will read four star reviews, but three and a half is the cutoff, and there'll be there'll be, <laughs> be no scathing. Uh, is it? Oh yeah, it's a review. If it's scathing, it's still a review. It's and Brad, we haven't gotten a review less than five stars yet, so I don't think it'll be a problem. I know. I uh, hope we do that so we can do it in a funny voice. Yes, I will. Um, in fact, I've got some helium in the other room, so. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we're all good. Okay, guys. Uh, the countdown has started. I'm excited. I know you guys are too. Um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, Jordan, hit us with that tagline that you always love to do so much. <laughs> the one that I change every time? Yeah. Well, and, until uh, until there's no room left. Uh, hold on. Let me think of what that was. <laughs> until We're not here to talk of- about zombies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here to talk about zombies. Uh Okay, it's until the until there's no room left in hell and the dead walk the earth. Or do you want the spread the infection one? I don't Just care, dude. Just make one up. If it's different every time, it's even funnier. Yeah, that's true, except I'm on the spot now. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's been our show. And uh, just remember, un- until there's no room left in hell and the zombies walk the earth, uh, you might want to check out the Javits Center and, you know, New York Comic Con. But until then, keep listening to Walking Dead TV Podcast. See ya. Bye. Brains, everybody. Brains. Brian. Brian.